So I just wanted to give a quick intro. This is Kim Holloway from Kim Holloway Coaching, and I am just posting this first episode of Sit With Women. It's less of a podcast and more of a live conversation about how we show up in this world, how we manage our energy, deliver value, find fulfillment, generate wealth in meaningful ways, and so much more. And it's the conversations that we want to have with the women we need in our lives. So the idea is this, that if we sit with other women committed to personal growth, the conversations are empowering. So in this first episode of Sit With Women, energy management coach Karen Sue and I sit down to get real about knowing our why, perfectionism, being control freaks, releasing fear and taking action, being able to flow creatively as the artists that we are, breaking out of the box of what we should be or do. We get so stuck in those shoulds, right? Getting compensated for value and how that feels uh, and reframing failure and embracing life as an experiment. Um, something that we don't know what the outcomes are, but we just step forward into action. So you'll notice that um, in just a few moments as we roll into the conversation that we just start right in the middle of a sentence and some laughter because honestly, you know, we kind of just rolled into this meeting authentically, the two of us, and then we finally said, you know, what, we need to record these. And the conversation was such gold that, you know, we just had to stop waiting for the right second and just press record and go because we didn't want you guys to miss out on any of it. So don't worry about branding and nuts and bolts that aren't in place yet. We just knew that we had to share this gold conversation with you. So check it out. Click that like button. Leave us a review. Love to hear from you. Let's blow it up. Oh, don't worry about it. You know what I mean? Yep. Awesome. All right. So <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Um, okay, so we're talking about, like, obviously we met last week, we had this, that was our first live meeting, right? Um, and yes. we, we connected through our mutual business coach, who magically and like, uh, tact, tactically, tactfully, I don't know, um, she was very tactical, that's the word I'm looking for, about sort of how she brought us together, because, I mean, I don't know if we would have really interacted that much you know what I mean like we were maybe on one call together and I was like oh I like her you know what I mean like but um then we think Marilyn did that on intentionally or was that just a happy accident I don't know I feel like she's sneaky like I feel like she's sneaky and I'll be like so did you do that in person she would just be like maybe (laughs) so I don't really know but I'm glad well and so last week we got um we decided to zoom, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it really yeah. connecting over, I guess, similar stories in a way. Cause I know Marilyn had tagged you, you should posted something about putting yourself out there or maybe hesitating to put yourself out there for all the reasons that we always do that, you know, as women. As, yeah. That's as been right. That's been one of my biggest, uh, hurdles, if you will, of trying to get into entrepreneurship it's like every time I break through one belief then another one pops up and another one and it's like well at this rate I'm never gonna put myself out there and why am I even trying but yeah yeah (laughs) so that's a good question really like why are you even trying that goes back um it cut out a little bit what was that last part you said 
Oh, sorry. I, I switched to my earbuds. I was just saying, saying how that, like, that's a good question. Like the, why are you even trying? And it kind of connects back to what we were talking about last week, which was all, like, it always boils down to like, why, why am I doing this? Like, what's my real why, you know, mm -hmm. for life or business, you know? So again, it's like, why am I even doing this? And it's like, until we have that answer, you know, then we just keep getting back to it. Like, why am I even doing this? Like, even in our efforts to put ourselves out there, we can't even do it until we get that answer. <laughs> right. So I actually was watching some TED Talks on YouTube last week after we talked. And I came across a video where I think the woman was talking about how those of us who are doing personal development, we're asking ourselves the wrong questions. So they did a study and they found mm. out that people who ask themselves why all the time are actually um, not doing it right, I guess. They said that the way to actually go about doing personal development is asking the what. What are you going to do to get to where you're getting and stop focusing on the why? Because when you start focusing on the why, you kind of like flip your brain into this negative spiral where you're like, well, why can't I do that? I don't know why, like, why am I so what, I, you know, like it just leads your brain in the wrong direction. Whereas I think when you frame it in a, what can I do? You're trying to put some action into it, right? Like what is more of an action inducing question versus why is more like, yeah. I'm just going to get in my brain and keep not doing anything. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny because when you say that, it reminds me that I noticed with my son. So my son, Bodhi, he's five. And he, if, if he does something, I'm like, why did you do that? He interprets it as automatic criticism. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why did you do that? And I genuinely want to know what he was thinking. You know what I mean? Like, what were the, mm -hmm. the thoughts that sort of led him to that decision? Um, but he, as soon as I say the word why, he's just like, you know what I mean? And like, I mean, maybe that's just a matter of like, every time I'm asking that question, it ends up me being like, well, that was ridiculous. <laughs> but, um, but I wonder if we kind of do that same thing too, where we're asking like, why am I doing this? Or what, what is my why? And if, if that word even just sort of triggers us into stopping instead of exploring, whereas action yeah. is exploring, you know, action mm -hmm. is risk and and just going and then seeing what the outcomes are. And then you can continue to act based mm -hmm. on whether those outcomes are positive or, you know. Right. What and would you say? Kind of, so you, go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say, why kind of makes you feel like you did it wrong, right? Like mm -hmm. when you ask your son, why did you do that? It's an innocent question, but it does have that, like, I think it's a, um generational thing right like that we got from our parents so like we're only asking it in certain situations when we think something shouldn't be done that way or yeah I don't know like there's something about the way we use the word why that doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily yeah. help us get out of our conditioning yeah and adding on to what you said before like that's exactly I agree completely um, if I shifted and asked, you know, what's that about? Like, or what are mm -hmm. you doing? You know, it's a totally different, like his answer would be totally different. So it's again, right. a shift to what? Um, yeah, that's really interesting. It's funny how language impacts 
like how so even our, much, like, our language right? of ourselves, right? Like it impacts yes. whether like what our next step is or what the next thing is, how we respond to ourselves even. Wow. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think for me personally, I do have a very self like, or sorry, I do have a very harsh inner dialogue. And I think that you might suffer from the same problem or I don't know, same issue. Habit. Phrase that in a habit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I think like when I talk to my mom, I notice like even her self-talk is even worse than mine. So I don't, I don't know, but it, it, there definitely is something about the kind, like the more, you give yourself grace and the kinder you are to yourself and the kinder you can make your self-talk, you stop resisting doing the actions, right? It, yeah. It's sort of like the nicer you are to yourself, the easier it becomes to do the things right. you want to do. Right. And I think it's not even just like, craft. it's not just crafting language. I think it starts there. Um, but then it also goes down to your actual belief you know, your level of belief mm -hmm. about like, I could say things in a nice voice, right? I can say, I can use nice fluffy words, but if I don't actually mean them, but I do think because language is so important and our reaction to language is very automatic that just changing the words initially while we're still working on the belief, we're still working on mm -hmm. actually feeling kind toward ourselves. I think just changing the words is really valuable. And, you know, it's kind of cliche, right? Like a lot of people are talking about how do you talk to yourself, use kind words and like, I mean, that's out there a lot, but then how, like, no one, like, who do you know that's, like, actually really successfully, like, doing a better job of this, and I think that's where community comes in, too, or having relationships, right. where you have, you know, I think I posted something in Woman Stuff earlier about, like, um, surround yourself with women who want to grow. I promise you the conversations you are different, you know? Right. Yes, um, I did see that post, and I think that that's such a, like, that's such a good message and it resonates with some of the other messages I've been hearing as well sort of like you're the average of the five people the five. you spend the most time <laughs> with or whatever right yeah so, um do you want to tell us a little bit more about your women's stuff group since you brought it up yeah sure um so you know uh, it's funny because this is it ties in perfectly really like how it kind of came about um years ago I started uh, diving into life coaching and um, success coaching and nutrition coaching, all things coaching, right? Like a way to empower other people to make decisions, you know, the decisions that lead them to the lives that they want, right? And, and exploring the things that bring up resistance for them or that sort of hold them back from going there, whether it's fear or whether it's real obstacles that, you know, they, they have to figure out how to overcome. And so I always loved that sort of model, that whole coaching model that, you know, you could sort of be the, the co-pilot for someone and navigating, uh, pr making progress on, on things that feel tough for them. And so I started out doing all this coaching stuff, but I actually got really burnt out on it and was just like, oh, like, you know, even getting that like really negative feel for my clients and even people and like, oh, why don't you just do what you're supposed to do? Like, 
And it just became like work and like impatience. And like, there was just like ugly stuff coming out of me in the process of me trying to be this empowering person for people. Mm -hmm. And I started to feel like I'm not cut out for this. Like I can't do this work. And even the work itself started to feel like a drag. And, and it, a lot of it was because it, it was like, I was not operating in sort of like a state of creativity, which was one of the topics that came up from us last time. It's something you really poured into me. I mean, ever since our talk last week, it's like, oh man, like now every time I feel like I'm dragging towards anything work-related, whether it's, you know, a job that I have or, or my business, you know, it's like, I, I try to shift, I try to examine the feelings and say like, okay, you know, what's bringing up this feeling? And if I were to look at this as an opportunity to like creatively accomplish this task, you know, or do this thing or move this thing forward, um, does my energy shift? And it really does, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so tying that in to like, what was it that made me sort of stop? Because over the years, I keep coming back. I keep coming back to coaching. And, and what it boils down to is I feel like, you know, that's just really who I am. So even when I had stopped all coaching related things from a, you know, having clients business kind of perspective, you know, of course that's who I am. So I'm still coaching, but it's more on like a, um, uh, informal sort of in an informal way. And, um, one of the things that I did, uh, I, I think it was April. Um, I said, you know what, I just want to create a space. I want to create a space online where, um, women like me can just come together. And ha I, I feel like I have so many questions, right? Like, how do I do this? You know, why am I this way? Why is my body this way? Am I the only right. person? Am I the only person who has all these freaking problems and questions and issues? And like, and then, you know, I realized I also have this incredible network and resource of women who are in mental health and in women's health and um, women who are entrepreneurs and women who um, are, are professional moms. And, you know, so, mm -hmm. so many different kinds of women in my life that have so much value and they bring value to my life. So I'm like, can I get everyone to come together in a room full of people and be willing to be transparent and authentic and say, yeah, I'm not really sure either. Like, but can we just get together and talk about it, you know? And so I started, I literally started messaging and I'd created Facebook groups before, right? Like for business things. Right. But back then I was creating out of this source of like, how can I get a bunch of women in the same room that I can market my services to, mm -hmm. which is a totally different energy from yes. like, how can I just really get a bunch of women in the same room? Cause we freaking need each other. I need you, you need me, mm -hmm. like we need each other. So I started inviting people sort of one by one, like literally sending out messages to individuals like, hey, I want to create this space. What do you think about the idea? Like, would you show up? Would, would you benefit from that? And of course, women are like, hell yeah. You're like, hell yeah, mm -hmm. I would. And I was worried. I had all these voices in my head like, ah, but doesn't this already exist? Like, should I go find it somewhere else? Like, but then I was like, well, it won't be my space. You know what I mean? Like, just because it exists somewhere else. So um so I just did it and then it was like the first week I think I had 300 people in there and wow. then yeah 300 women who were like hell yeah and then I was like can you think of anyone else who you know that would be like heck yeah I want to be in that room with you and they're like yeah I could think of plenty of people so then I started having them invite people and it you know really hasn't grown that much because I think there was a lot not that it matters right like it's a room full of 300 freaking women who want to like connect authentically I think that's mm -hmm. incredible right I love it I love the space uh, I'm shocked regularly. Every time someone posts something awesome, I'm like, oh, someone else posted something. I mean, it happens every day, but like every time I'm just like, oh, this is so good, you know? So, um, 
so yeah so now I think it's at like 4 30 but I've been like putting some time into trying to add a little more value in there um and now I'm like okay and I've been sort of talking about it for a few months but I'm like hey guys like guys gals <laughs> I want to do some stuff I want to do more and add more value I want to put my coaching hat on and like and create some things that will really really help us all like move forward like yeah we're a bunch of women in a group talking about the same things and have the same problems but, like how can we really freaking help each other Get you know some so, momentum right yeah yeah so so I'm sort of brainstorming a lot I have some ideas for for the next month I'm actually I think tomorrow I'm going to make a little announcement in the group and and see if I can you know figure out a way for all of us to come together a little bit more like uh intimately you know um to talk about some stuff and so yeah um I'm super excited but yeah it's called woman stuff it's on Facebook that sounds really <laughs> amazing Shameless I'm, plug. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I guess I'm really impressed at how quickly you were able to grow it and it does yeah. just show that there's there's more awareness now in the online space and women are wanting something like that right right um I think for me, the challenge I've had in Facebook groups that I've participated in is that there's sort of like different phases we go through when we're going through challenges, right? And one of the phases where I think a lot of people get stuck at and we move through it in different, uh, at different speeds is like how much, um, how much sympathy or empathy do you need before you're at a spot where you're willing to start taking action, right? So um, a few years back when I was trying to conceive my son, I was actually, I tried to create a trying to conceive group and that was a failure. <laughs> it fell flat <laughs> on its face, but it was mostly because um, I think for me, like I'm a, I'm a woman of action. Like I really chase down knowledge and try to like give people all the resources, but then I can't get them to use those resources. Right. So I don't like, I think back then I didn't do a good job of holding space for just people who are a little slower in moving through their emotions or their feelings around what they were dealing with. And I didn't know how to support women to get to the point where they were ready for action. So I don't know if you've got any thoughts or. Well, I think, I think when you, when I hear you say like, I didn't create space, like that's sort of what rings the bell for me, because I think as, as coaches, right, we have so much awareness about possible solutions possible resources mm -hmm. you know um I can give you this assessment and you can figure yourself out you know like um but the reality is I think people show up to to have conversations with us um because we aren't the solution provider it makes me think of like when you talk to your you know, significant other about a problem when they start throwing answers at you, you know, you're just like, I didn't come here for you to tell me the answers, you know, like, just listen. Um, <laughs> but it's kind of like that. But also, you know, we're bringing them into a room to, to help lead and guide them to their, to, 
to for their own heightened awareness because it, first it comes to like this awareness of like where you are and how you are and how you feel in your space right now before there's any movement right it's like first I got to figure out what's going on with me um and then it's it's saying okay now what is your path like where's where what is your next step you know and I think if anyone says I don't know that if that's first of all most of the time that's false like they do kind of know you know what I mean like we kind of know where that inner voice I mean there are sometimes like where we're just not we can't hear we're not connected with that like inner voice that intuition that mm -hmm. sort of shows us the way but um I think most of the time if we can figure out how to get them it's not getting them to move it's getting them to hear you know getting them to to have the courage to listen and then just toy with the idea of this next thing that they already know is next you know mm -hmm. um and sort of playfully tease out their um their courage and and their belief you know um and their confidence that then they did it you know like they're not like no one's looking for someone to do it for them because it wouldn't I mean if right. I you know if I did it for them it wouldn't even be they'd be like no I don't want to do it that way <laughs> so <laughs> But yeah, I mean, that's what I, that's what came to mind for me when you were, when you were talking about it. Yeah. So I think for me, it's, it's a personal challenge to slow down and to do the listening to other people, to those that I'm supporting. Mm -hmm. so, so I think, um, well, one thing that's helped me is uh, this sort of, it's almost a mantra in a, in a coaching scenario or in a coaching type conversation or anytime I'm trying to help and I'm trying to listen um, and it's get curious. Mm -hmm. So when someone starts to talk about a problem, first of all, when people talk about problems, they're really actually talking about the problem, right? They're just talking about like circumstances and external things and rarely are the real problems like on the outside. So getting curious means asking questions. Can I really learn everything about what this person is saying and what it really means and what they're feeling? And the only way to do that is to ask questions. And I have to make sure I don't assume I know what their what what the, what their words mean. You know, so it's you know, so it's like letting go of assumptions. Um, it's you don't actually know the answer until you've gotten super curious, because a lot of times, you know, one person can come up come to you and say, "I have problem A." And another person will come to you and say, I have problem A. And they both sound exactly the same word for word. But the first person's problem is completely different than the second person's problem. And the only way you'll know the difference is to get curious. And so rather than coming, at, coming to someone and showing up as the problem solver, you, sh you show up as the, the person who's just genuinely interested and genuinely curious about what they're going through. And if you can get curious, then your listening ears are on, but you have to like intentionally put that hat on, right? Because we also right. play a million other roles in our lives where we are the answer giver, especially as moms, as spouses, mm -hmm. oh God, the answer giver all day <laughs> long, right? Like, where's my socks? Right in front of your face, you know? Right. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, I think, I think that's, that's a big part of it. But what do you think? I mean, is that, does that register with you? Is there anything about it that's like, mm, I do that, but, you know? I think that I think that's definitely a piece of it. I don't know if I have a solid 
way that I've been approaching people, if you will, because yeah, because like I said, it, it's sort of a new phase for me. And um, so in the past, like when I was trying to support people, I did have that like impatience, like maybe kind of similar to what you were talking about when you first started coaching and started to feel like oh, I can't do all the work for you. <laughs> And it just, it, there's like a, there's like a really draining, there's something really draining about working with the wrong people. And maybe that's part of what I dealt with back then. It was like, maybe I didn't intentionally pick out the people who were worth, you know, or open or wanting, inviting of the solutions, right? Mm -hmm. So inviting, attracting even. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So I think, I think definitely like those types of past experiences shape how I'm trying to show up going forward. But I still feel like I'm, I'm that person who's like disconnected with my intuition. It's like, on the one hand, I really know how to listen to my intuition, but there's this the shift that happens sometimes where I get too much in my brain and then it's like I cut off my intuition and then I'm just like running hamster wheels in my brain and it's like how do I balance that out so it's more like of a free flow between my thinking and my intuition do you have experiences in life where you've been able to successfully do that I think I don't, I think I'm still trying to figure that out. I mean, I guess that's kind of like the beauty of life, right? Like, right. I think, I think we're all here trying to find balance and what's balanced for you doesn't necessarily mean that I'll find the same balance following your methods, right? But right. it's also the ability to be open to not knowing what the process is exactly step by step, which I have come to realize in the last week, I'm really not good at that. Like I, I have some of these like false narratives that have been coming up recently where it's like, I never thought I was that much of a control freak, <laughs> but I really am. Like when it comes to um, like me getting into my head and starting to think and run on the hamster wheel, that's me trying to control my intuition, trying to control the situation, not being able to just be present and the experience of whatever it is that I'm trying to get through and learn at the moment does that yeah. <laughs> does that ring true for you at all or is that something you've experienced absolutely absolutely um I, I'm in the same boat uh I'm only well when I hired Marilyn gosh it's been I think it's been almost a year ago now oh wow okay um yeah and I you know, and we spent a lot more time together in the beginning. And now it's more so just like, I'll get to a place where I'm like, oh, this is, this needs to be a Maryland conversation. I'll like reach out. Um, but the first thing she said to me was, and this is a little bit different than you, but it still relates to sort of being able to listen. And it, she's just like, everything I hear is I feel, I feel, I feel emotion, emotion, emotion. And you're just getting jerked around by all your feelings. She's like, but diving deeper below those, there's intuition. And she's like, and there's a big difference between driven by your intuition and being driven, you know, emotionally. 
And so even though it's sort of different, um, but I do the hamster wheel thing too, like, um, like today, you know, when we were going to chat and we we're like, hey, let's record it. Because last week our, our conversation was so powerful. Right. And it was like, God, I just want this for myself. I want to listen to this again because it was so powerful for me. And so we thought, okay, well, let's record this for ourselves. But then also, you know, if we can bring value to our women communities going Mm -hmm. forward, if someone would come back and visit this conversation and find it valuable, then great, right? Um, You know, for our future podcasts and in our future video share community, whatever, round tables, we called it, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But, uh, oh. Oh, yeah. So today I was thinking, like, oh, so maybe we should, like, talk about, like, how we're going to structure this. And then we should, like, talk about, like, who intros what. And then are we going to bring up that book that we started reading? And then should we, like, um, you know, and, like, should we post it at the same time every week? And it was just, like, you know, I just was going into all of these weeds, you know. But mm-hmm. then, I mean, you were the one that kind of were, like, let's just kind of go with it, you know, which, I mean, I feel like. <laughs> Like, so you're a person who doesn't love getting on camera, doesn't love recording video. You know, you're not in love with that idea whatsoever, right? And then, (laughs) but last week, like, this was your idea, right? Because I think there is this this part of your intuition that says, like, "Mm, I don't really like this. Do your emotions are like, womp, womp, like, this is not cool. But your intuition is like, there's something something here. Yeah. And so you're listening to that and then you took action and you said, Mm -hmm. you know, courageous and difficult action because proposing it to me, you know, when emotionally it's like, I don't want to do that, but I think we should. So proposing (laughs) it to me and then I'm on board. Right. And so then we go the whole week. We don't even talk about it really. And then literally (laughs) just today, like 15 minutes before the call, I'm like, so should we like talk about, you know, and you're like, no, I think we're good. Yeah. (laughs) So I feel like, and maybe this is part of that like inner critic, right? But I feel like you're doing it, you know, like, so I don't know what you think it needs to look like for you to be this intuitive, flowing, non-hamster wheeling person. <laughs> but like, I feel like this is what it looks like, right? Because you it, are doing it, you know? It probably does look a little bit like this. And I'll be honest, like, I have actively been trying to fight that control part of my brain so I think that's that's one of the things that I think is really empowering for me the more that I can just sort of go with the flow follow what what lights me up follow like do whatever is going to breathe some energy into me right like yeah um instead of trying to force things or telling myself I need to do it a certain way like then there becomes this resistance and it drags me like that drag behind me of me pushing myself to do something (laughs) just tires me out so much faster right right and isn't it funny because we make the rules and then we want so hard to resist and rebel against them like people who keep telling me to put blocks on my calendar so that I'm more disciplined and focused I'm like look if I put that block there I'm absolutely not going to do that during that time (laughs) Like I refuse. Yeah. I don't mean to. I have good intentions, but that time comes, I was like, mm, I'm, I'm gonna go chill. Like, well, and I think it. I think we 
tend to buy into that narrative of we've got to do it just like everyone else who we see is successful. And so if they tell us that we need to put in a block for whatever it is that we want to accomplish, that means we have to do it, even though we don't really truly want to do it. And so we're yeah. fighting each other that entire way. And that just, that's draining. Like who yeah. wants to spend their life fighting yeah. themselves to get yeah. going? Right. And then there's that element of fear too, I think. Like if I don't block my calendar, when will I get it done? Will I get it done? Like, will I actually want to do it ever? Or do I have to actually like schedule a time or it just won't happen? Like, so that, you know, there's a little bit of like, on, in one hand, like it helps to kind of have sort of, you know, as an entrepreneur, you have to self-impose deadlines if you're going to have a deadline, you know? So right. And if I tell my community, I'm going to make an announcement tomorrow at 4.30 live, which I haven't done yet. But, but if I tell them that, then it's like, okay, now I feel like I have to be accountable and show up at 4.30 live. And I guarantee you at four o'clock, I'm going to be like, oh, why do I do this to myself? And then I'm like, okay. And then I'll show up and then I'll feel so good, you know, um, that I did. And I'll be so proud of myself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, um, but it's tough. I wanted to offer you a reframe. And you're probably fully aware of this, but, you know, when you talk about fighting that side of you that is controlling, um, even that word, it's like, I get it, right? Like, we want to control outcomes. I think the reason we want to, I mean, I'm that way too. I get accused of it in relationships a lot. Like, like you just asking me that question because you want to control how I do it. Look, I got it. It's handled. I'm just like, mm -hmm. whatever. But in my head, I'm like, you. I am trying to control it um, <laughs> but but uh you know there's there's something about you like you have a gift you know like the reason you're controlling is because you have a set of skills that make you really a really valuable leader a valuable part of a team those skills will come out and be really valuable to you as an entrepreneur as a coach and so I think it's about if you, and because you're rebellious like me and you don't like to be told what to do, because of that, it, the, the harder you, if you take the stance of I'm fighting this back, it's like, okay, we're talking about you. So if you're fighting you back, <laughs> you can't fully show up. So it's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, stop fighting, right? Like, and just start observing and noticing. Like I say, just, it's not that easy. But start, it's definitely not that. <laughs> no, it's not. And I mean, Actually, I hate the word just. I habitually, like, I'll say just do that. And it's like, no, just implies that it's so simple, but it's right. not simple. Right. Um, but I think a shift from fighting and pushing down, because that controlling nature, it's not some external force that has possessed you that you need to cast out. It's actually this really valuable part of you. And you also have the other part. Um, she just hasn't been allowed to play or sit at the table yeah. as much. So it's like, how can I say, hey, controlling me, let's bring intuition to the table. Is there a way that we can collaborate, you know? But you know what is actually behind that? It's, it's, there's a feeling of fear that I've been fighting all week. And I think that's what has been causing me to feel drained is because, I don't know. So I, I think I messaged you a few days ago and I asked you about like well what do you do about business coaching and like have you used or have you experimented with more business coaches and for whatever reason it's just something that I've been wanting to do it's not because I don't like Marilyn or her methods like I think I've 
actually gotten through a lot of my emotions to get down to dig down deeper which I think has been awesome like I'm getting some great results but there's still this like I don't know like I think what happened was I started to think to myself I'm expanding too fast I'm I'm trying to do too many things like there's too many interests out there that I've got my hand in the pot in and I think once I started to think like that, I started to just feel dragged down because what I wanted to do, I was essentially subconsciously telling myself I couldn't do it or not now. I need to wait, you know? So I don't know. Like, I, I feel like there's, there's an aspect of whatever that inner self is that doesn't get to play she doesn't play very traditionally at all. Like she wants to do all the things when she wants to do them, but we're, we're told that that's not how life is. That's not reality. So how do you, yeah. And then it's like asking the question, like whose life, whose reality, what is reality? I mean, we could go really far into that one, right? Like, (laughs) um, you know, and so the work, you know, the work that I'm hearing is, how do we get them to play together and mm-hmm. effectively, right? Like, obviously, just, you know, if you have zero structure whatsoever, it's probably not going to be ideal. Like, you could try it, right? But it's probably not going to be ideal. Um, oh, this is one other thing I wanted to say to you. Even though, okay, so this is just my experience. I used to think if I didn't schedule something out or I didn't have a plan for how I was going to get something done, it wouldn't get done. But the reality of what I've experienced is that if it's important enough, if it's something that I really want to get done, then it gets done. Yeah. And I didn't usually plan it to, you know, particularly like, and it was fun to do it that way. Mm So again, there's like that balance, right? It's like, you want to have some freedom to be creative, to do things, to create your system or create whatever it is that you're creating in the moment. And that's, I think that's part of what I really love doing. Mm -hmm. But then there's that other part of you that's like, well, with social media, you have to be consistent. You have to stick to a schedule. You need to show up every day. And that's like, that's the part that I feel yeah like I I'm on the same page like totally like literally the other day I met with Marilyn and she said we're going to bring her on here if we're going to keep talking about her um she said well I'll post the link in the chat <laughs> I'll post the link to Marilyn's business page you can hire her because she's so right um uh so she said the other day um so I'm you know I'm about to unveil this thing that I'm doing in November and uh I guess I can say it here because by the time uh, by the time we release this to anyone, it'll already probably be over. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so November I'm doing a, a women's uh, workshop series uh, in November, virtual, right on Zoom because of COVID. Um, and we'll just be sitting down to have like roundtable discussions with each other about the tough stuff, about what we need for moving forward, about you know processing kind of how do we get more creativity in our lives or do the things we want to do in that creative Mm -hmm. flow. And so I'm really excited, right? All this workshop series. But I said to her, I was like, yeah, but who's going to go? Like, how do I create an audience? Like, and she's like, Kim, you have a group. And I'm like, yeah, but that group's not for that. And she was like, it's absolutely for that. 
I'm like, okay, but should I like have like a lead up where I like post every day and like I'll do video? And she's like, Kim, you've been doing that for like a year. And I'm like, I have? And she's like, yes, like you post like a video every week. And so it's exactly what you just described. I didn't have any agenda. I didn't have a content calendar. I didn't have any of these things that people think that you need to have to be successful. I just wanted to share with my freaking women group because I'm going through stuff, you know, oh God, there's been like two major breakups over the course of this group. And every time I'm like, all right, guys, it's going to be a meme club because I'm in my feelings. So, you know, and I would just like stare at these like raunchy man-hating memes, you know, like, but everybody's like, yeah, I feel you because I've been there, you know? Um, and so I was just wanting to be there. I just wanted to share. I wanted to have mm-hmm. my girls relate to me, you know? So, um, yeah, exactly that. And, you know, I don't know, like, let's break all the rules. Maybe we do that, you know? And I think what happens, so we're afraid, right? It's like, okay, but yeah. if I do it that way, what's going to happen? Will it actually, am I going to fail? Will I, am right. I going to fail? And so I feel like you just take something, right? You don't have to do it with all of your life right now. You just take one thing that you want to do already and you say I'm just going to do this on my own calendar but do it consciously and along the way maybe you'll notice like areas where you're like you know if I had actually planned that piece a little bit better it probably would have gone better so like the little bit of failure I experienced in that piece you know I I could have avoided that with a little bit of planning noted right Mm -hmm. and then you start to recognize like which parts of the process you can let flow and go and which parts of the process you need a little bit more structure and control right right and then I think that's where both pieces play you know but yeah the thing it is is it takes a lot of energy to learn that up front but I think if we practice it with one small project then eventually we get better at it and hi Bodie you're on camera this is my friend Karen (laughs) hi wait she said hi. You can't hear, but she's in my headphones. <laughs> okay. 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 Here. <laughs> All right. Say hi. Karen. Hello. How are you? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah. So. Uh, yeah. This is interesting. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. So maybe too. It's like our idea of planning like am I too rigid in my idea of what planning should be or should look like um how do I know like I guess there's an element of it also feels like I'm trying to create my own system of how I get an idea plan how I do things and then do them right so I know that this is something that I do subconsciously because I get a lot of things done but I don't actually like I've I think in the last few weeks or even last month or so I think I've been really trying to distill my process down because there's like a there's a sense that if I get really good at understanding what my process is then I can just overlay that into every single project I ever do. And then I maybe can combat some of those, like, I guess it's essentially like my own harsh talk to myself. Right. So instead of telling myself, I didn't do the planning. Like if I get really, like, if I really distill down my process to how I actually do things and 
see what pieces of it is the planning piece. And like, I can identify like when I'm in that portion of a project, like, oh, you're actually planning, like stop telling yourself you're not planning because there's like, you don't just go and do like, there is always some kind of planning that's happening. You just may do it so easily that you're telling yourself you're not doing it. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> At least. Yeah. I so you're not. That, so I think uh, you're saying that it's not like you want to kind of beat yourself up. If you try to do the flow method, I'll just call it that, like go with the flow, <laughs> let it, mm -hmm. let it, let it grow and blossom organically mm -hmm. without rigid structure and controlling every step, which turns mm -hmm. into a drag, right? So I don't want the drag anymore. I just want to flow. Um, and then part of you is just like, yeah, but you got to have some kind of planning and you want to sort of feel bad about not planning. But if you actually get conscious along the way, you'll notice that planning happened. planning happened. It just didn't happen the way you were taught it needed to happen or should happen. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's interesting. So, well, I think one thing really valuable that just comes out of this conversation that I just feel right now is that I think a lot of women would never even explore or haven't yet explored that maybe they don't fit in the mold. They don't fit in the box in any way that they want to do anything. You know, I think we all try so hard to do it the way we should or the way that's right or the way that so-and-so said it needed to be done. And just sitting down to have a conversation of like, okay, I'm scared, but I don't really feel like that's my way. And I don't know what mm -hmm. my way is yet. And I don't know if I try what I think is my way, will it turn out okay? Like, I have no idea, you know? Um, but it's nice to just sit next to someone who's also saying like, yeah, me too, you know? Right, me and too. I think, I think the more, I think the more people feel like freedom in the creation process of finding their own way, like the more maybe we're able to support some of these people to, tell them hey you can do this too like you don't have to do it the way that's you know whatever is out there already just because that's whatever has been shown to the world doesn't mean that there aren't a million other ways to do the same exact thing yeah yeah that's powerful I mean I mean and, and like look at I guess especially look at the artists right like classical artists <laughs> every famous artist who basically like created their own style right like yeah. if you look at painting or sculptures or just like a classical art medium they're not getting praise for doing the exact same thing someone else did they're getting praise or they're getting like people look up to them because they found their own way to do something right yeah so, they they saw something and then they portrayed it through their eyes right through their mm -hmm. their minds right so and then ultimately someone said like wow i've never seen it portrayed that way before and that's really that's really valuable you know and it's funny how you brought that up because just a few moments ago i was thinking that it, any artist right would say karen you got kim we gotta do you gotta do this like as an artist 
right? Everything mm-hmm. we do is art. So we have to decide, like we have to do this as an artist, right? It's not, no other artist out there could bring it to the table the way we bring it to the table as individual right. artists. So, right. and the image that I had in my head was me taking this can of red paint and just flinging it across the room onto the canvas. You know, it's like, is that the right way? Like, well, it is for me. Like, yeah, like going to convey exactly what I'm feeling in that moment, you know? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, there's so many layers to it. It's like, uh, I mean, we both get that concept, right? We both get it on a deep level. I think we feel that, like that, yeah, flow, go with the flow. We're like, yeah, I think it registers with us intuitively. But then right. there's still that practical aspect of like, okay, but we're not talking about slinging paint. We're talking about, um, you know, this platform we're trying to build or, you know, whatever, this community we're trying to build. And it's like, how do I turn, how do I sling paint in that model? It, it's <laughs> conceptually the same, right? But mm-hmm. it's, it's a little more like hard to conceptualize because likely whatever we're trying to do, we haven't seen it yet. Like maybe someone else has created something similar to what you would want to do, but the internet is so vast. There's so many people out there putting on, putting out whatever they enjoy putting out. And so I think, it's kind of like that cliche, you got to build it and then people will come. <laughs> but until yeah. you really connect to like what yeah. you are here to do in terms of what muscles are you happy to exercise? What are your creative muscles yeah. that you want to be using every single day? I think until you connect to that and have a have an allowing of yourself to be in that space every day, you yeah still struggle right and I I don't think it's a decision you make like what do I want to create every single day it's what do I want to create today right and then tomorrow you say it again or what you know and eventually you might notice patterns and then Mm -hmm. it's still going to change and evolve over time um but I do think you know a lot of what we're talking about always goes back to fear of failing you know and so redefining failure I mean that again it's like Sometimes I say things and I'm like, it's so cliche, but it's like, yo, this is what we're battling with. Like, mm-hmm. we have to be willing to look at it all as an experiment. Yeah. And say like, oh, okay. So I have a science background, right? I studied biology in college and something that I've always sort of, I really just took it in, right? Is the scientific method, right? What do scientists do? They make observations, right? They put, you know, an object into various scenarios they manipulate the variables and then they watch for the outcomes it's an experiment now if they don't get the outcome they predicted it's not a failed experiment it's information and that Mm -hmm. information allows you to ask new challenging questions for the next experiment right and i think that is the model for entrepreneurs it's that you have this idea you have a hypothesis right if i do this then this will likely happen you know, but in order to test it, you have to sort of design an experiment, design a methodology that you want to employ, and just be okay with it not being perfect, right? You want it to be logical in some sense, mm-hmm. but you, you're you not planning the outcome. You're planning the methodology. 
right? So we're scared of this failed outcome, but we just are supposed to plan the methodology, implement it, and then watch and see. You know, and then when we watch and see, we say, okay, this outcome, this outcome, all right, this is what I want to change. You know, go ahead. Sorry, just thought. something that keeps coming thought. up yeah. for me is the goal of the planning phase is that it's recreatable, right? So I think something thing. I've missed a lot in my process is, is it recreatable? <laughs> And I think that's where I run out of steam is like, I created something and then it was like, I don't want to go through all those motions to just do the same thing over and over and over again. <laughs> you're talking about oh, yeah. the scientific method and when you're designing an experiment, the whole point is that someone else can take your experiment and recreate it and get the same observation result. or the same result yeah. right except in this case because it's not actually science right like you have more more than one variable that's being manipulated right you're dealing with people you know you're in the real world so like you can't really recreate our kinds of experiments you can run the methodology again and see what the outcome is again you know um but you know, I could do, I mean, like in, when I was nutrition coaching and that's where I've had the most experience as a coach really is the most clients, mm -hmm. variety of clients that I work with, um, diversity of clientele, uh, you know, one person, again, one person's problem and the next person's problem, you know, I could give, I could run the same methodology, if you will, coaching methodology on both people and the outcomes are completely different because both people are completely so in our experience, experiments as entrepreneurs, as, as, as people growers, people developers, people helpers, you know, um, we almost have to be willing to experiment every single time, you know? Yes. And, and then recognizing that the failure is not actually yours, right? You are a vehicle. You are a platform, a vehicle for facilitating change. You're not the change maker. So, right. but you, wanna, you can always improve your methodology, your facilitation. Right? Yeah. right. And so, but you can't improve it until you implement it. Right. Mm -hmm. And even then you only know how to improve it with that particular person. Right. So, so once you have a new person on your ta operating table, <laughs> which is a terrible metaphor for this, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> okay so maybe maybe this is my lack of like working with people in in this one-on-one -on -one capacity but I I have a sense that at the core we are yeah. all very very similar right I mean I'm not trying to say that we're I don't know what I'm trying to say is we're both completely different to everybody else out there sure, but there's sure. a lot of us that is still the same as everyone else right yeah. so like yeah. those two polarities can right. exist in every person so then in a way like about being able to recreate your process sure. in coaching sure. it's really distilling your process down and getting so intentional and conscious with it that you can almost guarantee if if you get to that well you know what I mean like yeah I do yeah I do I think it still boils down to that like it's still it's still not your responsibility the outcome right right and it's still 
getting past this fear of quote unquote failure because in this situation failure isn't actually a thing and if it is a thing it's not yours right you know so and I think another thing that comes up for me too is like every life experience you go through you can frame it as a failure or you can frame it as just another piece of information that you and take forward with you right so yeah I think for me a lot of my own personal growth has has come back to that thought where it's like okay so you failed but that's just how you've categorized it and it could just be one more step or one more piece of information in your process that helps you get more clear on what you're doing you know the cliche of like I don't know how many times did Thomas Jefferson invent the light bulb he said something like thousands of times right yeah yeah (laughs) yeah it is it is it's it's so like it is a cliche but at the same time it it's at the core of the problem it's being able to reframe things so that you can continue to move forward and continue to find innovative ways of doing whatever it is you're trying to create right right so you know if we boil that down right it's uh even reframing fear you know so you feel it you feel however that comes up for you whether it's hesitation or resistance or like full-blown anxiety right like and then getting curious when you like so oh god mindfulness right like actually observing yourself like noticing these feelings getting curious about them and then using them as information you know like noticing patterns like if I feel this feeling I probably should do this thing you know that's what I'm noticing Mm -hmm. (laughs) right like when I'm afraid, it, this, this, like, so now I have to, <laughs> you know, like, because it's almost like, so it only comes up when, you know, we're doing something that, you know, sort of. Well, I we think <laughs> what you're saying is like, we're addicted to that feeling like that doing something afraid really makes you feel alive, right? So it feels even better when you do something afraid and you succeed and you get the result that you wanted to get out of it. Right. So that's maybe what keeps us pushing through the fear. Sure. I could see that. I could see that. I think our also, we're just really smart. Like we're smart enough to know that our fear is not a good indication of whether or not, how we should make decisions, you know? Right. So, Yeah. I mean, if we're, if we're afraid, if I'm afraid that this lion's going to eat me, like I'm not, I'm going to run away. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, but if I'm afraid of failing, then I have to ask myself what I believe is true about me and my value, you know? And it's like, okay, um, I think I have something, I have some value. Like, I think there is some potential that I can make a difference here. And I, I don't know why, but I kind of want to. So even though I'm afraid, like the outcome's important to me, so I'm willing to push through this. And then if I fail, like, I mean, it's almost just like, so what, you know? Right. So right. what if I fail? Like, well, who's gonna, 
someone going to point fingers and laugh at me because I tried to make a difference for people like you know and so but I think you know it's all of the above really and like every person sort of I mean I know someone he's an amazing leader in my life right now and he gets he really does exactly what you just said he gets a huge kick out of he's like a junkie for like the, the stuff that terrifies him you know I'll just mm-hmm. like run straight for it because he feels like he's just like raw like this is my kismo you know um like I gotta go after all these things that are scary and um well I'm not that way a, really <laughs> right but I feel like there's just like a especially for some people there's like a deeper sense of accomplishment like being able to right. push through that sensation of fear yeah sure like I didn't think I could do it but I did it's almost like running a mm-hmm. marathon or running a half marathon mm-hmm. or something you know it's mm-hmm. like the signing up for that like the idea of it's like daunting like oh god I'm a little scared like what if I fail you know like my goal is just to finish you know and then you run the whole thing and then you're like ah I did it you know (laughs) and um and it's this huge obstacle that's been overcome you know Uh, and it doesn't have to be I mean for some folks you know I remember my first 5k you know um I hate running by the way but um but yeah it's like okay like I can do this um well, it's just, I think too, like every time you hit one of those milestones, like when you think you can't do it, but then you show yeah. you, did it, it expands your what's possible. possibilities, right? Yeah. So it's like that expansion is also really addictive to just like yeah. keep on growing and keep on getting more and more experience under your belt. It's just somehow at some point, like just tie it all together. Right to yeah right so then do something with right (laughs) yeah exactly but then you know at the end of the day that just means that like there's this collective progress right like we don't we don't see all the time like we need to get on a little helicopter and like fly up above and Mm -hmm. see the collective of everything we've done and experienced and the ways that we've grown and then maybe we become a little bit less afraid because I remember even just the first time I told people told someone that I was a life coach. Like, if you ask any general person, like, hey, would you become a life coach? Generally, they're gonna be like, me? Like, I mean, that's not my reaction, like me? Like, why would I do that, you know? And then, mm-hmm. and then actually going, you have no experience, you've never had a client, you just started your first certification program, and now you gotta go tell a room full of people that you're a life coach. It's like, yeah, but I'm not really one yet. Yeah, but I haven't had any clients yet. Like. Yeah, but you know what I mean? So like, yeah, it's scary to like profess these things like, yeah. or even just taking my first client. Like I remember she's like, yeah, you know, um, Lori said you were a life coach. You know, I saw your cards on the table. I think I'm really interested in the kind of talking about what that looks like because I have some things I really want to work through. She's super confident about her problems and needing a life coach. And I'm over here like, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was like, I don't even remember what I said, but I just remember I had zero confidence and and my actual ability to help this woman of course I took her on Mm -hmm. as a client she was my first one um but my words and my language the way it came across like I was scared I was scared I'm gonna fail her I was scared I didn't really know what I was doing and -hmm. but then you know the choice was um okay say no to my first client right that's not really going to be good for my profession that I'm trying to take on um it was scary but also if I you know what if I fail her and then of course I'm talking to people in my coaching training and community and they're like well 
the failure is not yours. Like your job is to just show up and ask powerful questions and help lead her and guide her. Mm-hmm. And if you're not the person to do that, or if you don't have the questions, like you haven't really failed her, you just didn't have the questions. Like she, you know, like maybe you're not her person or whatever. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I don't want to sound like you can just shift responsibility. Like, cause like you said, like there isn't an, an element of like being prepared and informed and kind of ready. Right. It, to some extent right but but I compare my point is I compare that to now and someone says hey you know I heard you were a coach and I'm just really working through this problem I really need help I'm like absolutely when do we want to sit down like you know what I mean and that was oh god that was like 10 years ago you know what I'm saying but like now like I don't hesitate like hell yeah I'm a coach like you know what I mean um that's who I am it's part of my identity like absolutely mm-hmm. that's the core of my soul that's who I am so if you look at like the collective experience that you've had you know over life you know regardless of whether it's related to what you're doing now like you're not the same person you're not afraid of the same things and it's what you said because you did take a step past your fear to try something to experiment to see what would happen despite what outcome there could be and it you know broadened your sphere of you know the things of things you're not afraid of you know right you're not afraid to do increase your confidence um but I think, I mean, you know, I think we, we have to develop our belief and that, you know, you, we feel afraid because we're afraid of things in areas where we haven't developed it yet. And I, yeah, I definitely think there's a, there's a, there's some value to just leaping. And I think there's like for you, for me too, there's value to just flowing. Um, you know, I had an idea last week we talked in it was very similar to this topic. We were talking about flowing creatively and just kind of letting mm-hmm. ourselves like actually let that guide our decisions and our plans for our business. Because I like to make all these business plans that align with what coaches should do. <laughs> and I'll, then I'm like, oh, like, I don't like that at all. And I don't even like to right. call myself. I mean, I, the example I just gave was just an example, but I don't actually like to use the word coach because used so much now that it's like what does that even really mean anymore Mm -hmm. um so I like to say like well I'm just a person who provides space for people to um you know sort of discover and explore and then you know uh find solutions and things like that and um we'll we'll make up a word for that at some point but um but uh the point being what was the point oh so we're talking about flowing creatively and I was like how can I design the way that I make money to be just doing all the things I really want to do. And if I'm asking that question, am I really just being some naive little kid who doesn't want to work? Or is that like a real thing that's possible? Um, Like what is work and what does it have to look like? And what does it have to feel like, right? So then I had this idea, like, so yesterday I posted on Facebook, I was like, first person to take me horseback riding wins the day. Mm -hmm. And like, of course, I immediately like have like messages from dudes like, hey, I'm going horseback ride this weekend. <laughs> Oh and at first I was like, heck yeah, I'm coming. And then I realized like, like my man might not like that too much. So wait, sorry. Uh, actually I can't come. I, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> like, that's not very nice. We'll just go like horseback riding with random thirsty dudes on Facebook. But, um, <laughs> but then I thought, well, what if I organize? So I had a bunch of lady friends and uh, mm-hmm. that were like, oh, I want to go. I want to go. I want to go. And I was like, oh man, I totally need to organize a group ride. Let's just do it. And then I realized, like, I can actually create, like, a day where we drive out, and we go on trail, and we do a nice long ride, everybody gets this awesome experience, and we start the day with a little bit of yoga, we go horseback riding, we end the day with some, 
um, empowering conversations about who we are and what we want. And like, it's a whole event. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I'll charge for the event, you know, to cover the cost of the trail rides and the coaching that will happen before and around it. Right. So now we've created mm -hmm. this like day long freaking experience you know, with so much value. And honestly, like this isn't how you get your bills paid, but even if I just covered the cost of my horseback riding, like I'm good with it that. Was you know fun. I mean? Yeah, <laughs> right? like it was awesome. I got to change so lives. But also that's how you build relationships to eventually, you know, you, people and recognize then, your value. You get one on one. Well, it's, it's not so much either that you are building the relationship and providing all the value, but it's also like getting to know other people, mm -hmm. right? Right, right, so right. I think, and I just meant it's a valuable thing, not so much that right. like I'm, yeah. Like, um, I guess part of what I feel like is coming up for me too is just that like you and I, I think we get so caught up in like, well, how am I providing value? Like, what do I have to do so that people want to hang out with us or want to go do these things that we love doing? And I think part of that comes from the fact that like, I don't know about you, but for me, it's like, I am always like, I've always got my ear to the ground or like my eye out there, like scanning, like, oh, that's cool. I want to try that. Or, you know, and it's hard to pull people along with me. Like, like in high school, I was the girl who was like, hey, let's go to the beach and just hang out for a couple hours. Like when everyone else was trying to do homework. But I think like a few things about this, it's like, the reason why I never wanted to continue studying once I hit my limit was because I knew at that point, like everything that I was going to force myself to learn or study was a lost cause. Like I had hit my limit. I wasn't going to learn anything else. So why not go out and have some fun so that I could come back and actually concentrate and do whatever it was that I was doing. But on top of that, it was like, I always put this like pressure on myself like oh you're the bad kid that keeps getting other people to stop doing their own homework or whatever but what if you like what if I shift that and think hey I was that girl who helped other people enjoy their life in high school instead of trying to study their entire life away for you know for what like did they actually yeah. even retain any of the information they were trying to mm -hmm. stuff into their head Right. And I thought the thought I had was you were the girl who um, helped everyone sort of reset their brain and like get to that place where they could learn more. So you go back to the table with energy and refresh, you know, so they yeah. could have an effective study time. So, so yeah, I mean, and so again, I think your point, the definition of what is, what is value, you know, because mm -hmm. um, you could look at it and, any way you want to. Right. And is it you or me putting it on ourselves that we're not creating the value mm. or like we're not appreciating the value. Like that's something that has come up for me a lot in the last few weeks is like, I don't appreciate the things that I'm bringing to the table that are easy for me to bring to the table because I believe, or I'm trying to stop believing that it has to be work in order to be worth of monetary exchange. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and Marilyn reminded me the other day, like, um, you know, I created woman stuff because I needed it because I wanted a room full of women who had questions like I did. And I wanted to have these conversations valuable to me mm -hmm. to be in that space. And so, 
the value is not me. The value is that there are more of me in the world, that there's a little bit of me and you, and there's a little bit of me and all those other women. Mm -hmm. And if we can come to the table together, that's where the value is. And so Mm -hmm. on the horseback riding trip, like the value, I'm organizing it, right? That there's Mm -hmm. value in that because that takes work and not everybody wants to do that, right? So that's value in and of itself, but also- Mm -hmm you know, all of us just being there together. It's like, I get to go horseback riding and I get to be around all these freaking people and we get to have powerful conversations. Like that's valuable to me. I'm going to learn and I'm going to grow. And I also actually, I say I also, but each of us actually has a wealth of of stuff that we Mm -hmm. bring to the table that makes those conversations powerful, you know? So really what we are, we're facilitators of of value being Mm -hmm. brought out, right? Yeah, that's just a real life, example of you creating kind of what Marilyn did with you and me right like yeah yeah I had a friend in woman stuff message me today and she was like hey do you know so-and-so from the group and I'm like no and she was like okay well I've had an initial conversation with her she's a coach I had an initial conversation with her I really liked it she works in an area that I really need help in and I was thinking of hiring her but you know I figured I'd reach out and just kind of see like you know and I was like I, I don't know her but I do think her content points to her being a really powerful, influential coach. I think it would be great. You guys should absolutely pursue this relationship if, if you would find value. It's like, wow, this girl just got a client and what is, <laughs> like, because they just connected authentically, you know, and it's like, that's value. Like, <laughs> yes. that's awesome. Yes. You know? And I think too, like the more you can provide that space where people can connect authentically, that's better than like, when you get like bombarded with ads right so it's like like on Facebook nowadays like you see ads for all these different people and it's like well I kind of want that thing you're selling but how do I know that what you're selling is really the value you're going to provide me like what if I just get in this course and it turns out like I already know this stuff and it and for whatever reason it didn't work for me and so I don't know (laughs) you know what I mean like yeah it's so well, it's so valuable what you what you can provide and maybe maybe you could charge for it like women yeah. meeting or women helping women entrepreneur entrepreneurs that Facebook group right like sure. that's a structure of monetizing something that I had not even been aware of until that group yeah yeah absolutely yeah it's awesome and in Maryland that's another Maryland thing she just really opened my eyes to the kinds of value, you know, what's valuable to people. And then being okay with making money, helping people mm-hmm. discover this value that they very much need. Cause it's like, yeah. I just want to do it all for free. Like I'm not allowed to get paid for facilitating this value, you know? Um, but I think it makes perfect. Now, now I'm starting to come to terms with like, okay, actually no, like I'm actually coordinating something that really helps myself and everyone and it's okay mm-hmm. if I'm compensated for helping to coordinate this for right. everyone, you know, like, so. Um, yeah, I mean, that's essentially what, like, event planners do, right? Right. Yeah. So it's a form of event planning. Yeah. But. Absolutely. Yeah, but, so uh, horseback riding, that's happening. And then uh, actually just contacted this artist who does um Core painting it's like a style of painting that's really really cool um you like basically mix these different colors together and you like 
uh, flip a cup upside down on a canvas and then you kind of like strategically let pieces of it out and then you roll your canvas around it makes this really freaking beautiful painting um, cool. but it's, she actually she's a vet and she had like chronic pain and like a bunch of really um harsh and like terrible health problems when she got out of the military and there was just nothing that would help her um, which kind of relates to something we should eventually talk about is how we hold emotions in our bodies. Yes. <laughs> um, but so we will get there. But uh, hard. Actually, one of her therapists, I guess, recommended it to her. And she was just kind of like, you know what? Really? You're telling me to paint? Like, get out of here. She like fired her therapist because of that comment. And then she went and like looked up all these styles of painting and discovered mm-hmm. this poor painting art style. And now she's a full-time artist and she goes around helping people learn how to pour paint as a way to like sort of work through their stuff. And so yeah. I reached out to her yesterday and said, we got to collaborate. I'm like, I want to do a workshop. Like I want to, like, you know, I want to do more painting and I've been talking to people about pour painting recently and they're all interested in doing it. And like, so we got to do this. And she's like, hell yeah. Now we're talking about collaborating with the Wounded Warrior Project because they offer mm-hmm. workshops and things like this for, for vets. Um, and so she's like, let's do something there too. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So, you know, it's like, if you, if you forget about, if you forget about the logistics and the control and like, to some extent, just kind of let yourself say like, what do I just want to do? Like, I just want to do right. this stuff. And there's gotta be other people who want to do this stuff and like, mm-hmm. and we can connect and have awesome conversations and grow together. If I feel like if you just like, look at it that way, like, it's just me and a bunch of my awesome friends and I'm just going to coordinate this space. Right. Um, There's there's no wrong way to do that. (laughs) There is no wrong way to value, or I'm sorry, there's no wrong way to do that. But what you do have to make the shift in is valuing what you're naturally bringing to the table, what you naturally want to spend your time doing and saying, Hey, I am doing like, I'm helping you make connections or I'm bringing you an audience or whatever it is that you're doing in working with this artist, for instance. And it's okay for you to charge for that because without you, she wouldn't be making the connections with other people that right. you can right. put her in contact with, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I do have a confession about the book. I ha- I only just got it a couple days ago and I Me haven't too. started reading it yet. Okay, well, I'm like have- not through the intro, so don't feel bad. But I, and I actually don't think I finished the whole podcast either, but. I did get like three other people to listen to it. That's awesome. <laughs> and they finished it before me. Um, but yeah, that's okay. Get rolling though, because it's really good. Yeah, well, I Just think- the intro. The three pages of intro I've read are really good. I think too, though, it just like resonated so much with my whole experience that I've gone through um, since having my son and having valley fever just really understanding like, yes, this pain actually lives in my body. Um, The emotional pain of everything I've gone through lives in my body. And it's even changed, like just accepting that idea has changed the conversations that I have with my physical therapist. And like, it's made loads of difference just in my, in my own mindset shift about how pain can manifest in the body. I've been able to start making more progress so that's our awesome. minds are that is, more awesome. powerful than I ever even realized <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really awesome for anyone that might be watching this in the future um unlocking us is the name of Brene Brown's podcast, podcast and she does one yes. podcast yeah and she does one 
with Drs. Emily Nagoski and Amelia Nagoski. They're actually sisters. Are they twins? This is their twins. Yeah, they're twins. But they, um, the book's called Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle. I laugh really hard when um, Renee was like, I call it burnout, 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 burnout. <laughs> I was like, yes. Because <laughs> it says it so many times on the cover, but also like, isn't that how it really feels? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so maybe, uh, you know, maybe if someone eventually is tuning in and hanging out with us, um, you can take a look at the podcast, which is enough, honestly, but the book just dives deeper and I'm starting in. It's so good. And I know we were talking about wanting to read it together. So maybe we can talk a yeah. little bit about it next time if we make some progress. Right. Um, so yeah. I have a question for you. Do you okay. want to just go ahead and post this now? Like, because uh, yeah. my original idea was if we're trying to like create something and in the middle of creating something we may not want to be putting it out right away but the way this conversation has gone I, I I don't feel so limited or like I don't feel like I'm giving away something that I'm trying to create if that makes sense so I that think was you should maybe definitely post it I was hoping okay. that you would get there um and it would be okay if you didn't want to but I think uh yeah uh, I do think Eventually, I want to organize them somewhere, you know, like our little YouTube yeah. channel or something. But for now, just upload and get the link and let's share it. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. I um, think, um, no, I mean, I love this. I think if you're yeah. willing to do this every week with me and we yeah. just talk about different topics or read books together or whatever, yeah. I think we're actually providing a lot of value for people. It's, it's hugely valuable for me. Um, and I think that's kind of been part of the theme of the conversation is like, if we get out of our, out of the weeds and out of our heads and just think about what's really valuable to me and can I just invite people to the table for that? Mm-hmm. Like, why wouldn't there be a bunch of other women who would say, oh man, this conversation was so valuable. I could really relate right. to that. And then they have an opportunity even in the comments to kind of say, and then we can interact and respond with people. Mm-hmm. Say, hey, I'm glad you, I register with you, you know, and, and just help people feel supported because yeah. we're definitely not alone definitely cool all right well it's all right. Right. recording this time so if you want to do that work then i appreciate it uploading and getting the link and stuff um, all right can... i'm gonna go ahead and stop the recording now if that's okay awesome and then yep. we can talk about the details outside of the Sounds video good. <laughs> <Sounds All right. laughs> bye